This is TMBC. We're just like Kevin Bacon. Are you out of your fucking mind? They got my dick missing! Is that dirty enough for you? I don't know if you know this, but I don't speak Russian! Well, hello, beautiful. I told you those savages couldn't be trusted. This all seems horrible. What is the point of all those push-ups if you can't even lift a bloody log? Give me a fat beat to beat my biceps. <laughs> Time to nut up or shut up. Let the games begin. And we're back. Welcome to the Savage Land. Let's meet our hosts. Mitch Odell. You can follow me on Twitter at Mitch underscore Wolverine. I am Rachel, and you can follow me on Twitter at I am Dancing Mad. Uh, my name's Matthew. Uh, you can find me on the internet somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> or not, what is? And my name is Jason. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at a white kid because I really don't tweet that much. Or you can uh, follow uh, TMBC at That Might Be Cool on any social network or the Savage Land Podcast. Actually, both. Follow both, you douche. Uh, follow both uh, Savage Land Podcast or Savage Land Pod on Twitter. Uh, those are our social networks. Let's do our weekly. Wait, can I can I shamelessly promote the band I'm in? Yes, absolutely, you can. <laughs> that, that'll be my uh, that'll be my uh, my handle. No, no, because I don't use Twitter. Instagram's not interesting. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I take real pictures, Jason. <laughs> With a real. So camera. do we. With a real, for real. Camera. I take pictures of my laminated name card. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Uh, anyway, bands, Vinyl Tapestries, uh, you can find us on Facebook. We're playing a whole bunch of gigs uh, coming up. And if uh, you want to come out and see Gigs them, in great. which state? Why do you want to know? So that they can <laughs> find the band <laughs> for the shows. It's <laughs> helping you, Matt. Doesn't everyone who listen to this in Utah? Uh, no. A lot of people are, but no. Except for everybody. my sister in Portland. There's more people than just that. Well, There's well got, anyway, like, yes, Utah, Salt Lake City. Okay. In Salt Lake City. Yeah. All right. So now that we've promoted your band, and it's okay, you can you can promote. This is a safe place. It's a safe place to this promote. Safe shamelessly place to promote. Yeah, it is. Uh, let's my dog. Th- I'm going to promote my dog. <laughs> Don't promote your dog. Super your dog sucks. My dog's super cool. Dude, you should dog all kicks ass. Yeah, you, get, you should all meet my dog and hang down. out. With Copper, he's the best. Culpa. Yeah, I want to see his him. Copper's Twitter is uh, Copperopolis. <laughs> Copperopolis, at, really? At, That's all you could come up with? At, at Copperopolis. What? You got something better? Yes, I've got like a million things Okay, better. right now, drop it. Better all than right, Copperopolis. Let's see, uh, Def Copper Mine. Well, I, don't get, I don't get it. I don't get it either. Okay. It's just a thing. That's pretty cool, though. Def Copper? Yeah. yeah it's, okay, it's metal, dude. That's so cool. What like, about literally like, metal. What about like Copper Jabroni? Copper Jabroni. <laughs> <laughs> How about Copper Feel? Jabroni is just a really cool word. Get it? Copper Feel? Like <laughs> I got, yeah, I yeah. got it. Yeah. Ha! <laughs> or I could even do Copperfield, but then that's probably already taken by David Copperfield. So fucking uh, magicians and their shit. I don't think he's on Instagram. He might be. He might. He might. That's a, hey, that's a good way to promote your magic. <laughs> Illusions. <laughs> he's on Instagram. He anymore he's on Instagram, but he's... Illusions, Dad! My illusions! <laughs> but he's not really there. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> 
I just went off in a whole improv bit. Man, we're that. doing yeah, we're doing head. great. We're doing this awesome. is a great start, guys. <laughs> it's all right. We can we can riff a little bit. Uh, let's let's do our weekly reading roundup. Starting, we, have, we do with... have permission from Jason, guys, to riff a little bit. Yeah, so. we can we can riff. You got permission now, so like <laughs> let's just riff. You know, um, Jason approved. <laughs> I have to approve everything. Don't you know that already, Matt? Oh, we know. Matthew, what have you been reading uh, since we last saw you? I have been reading Matt Fraction's run on Uncanny X-Men. I was about to scream yes because I thought you were going to say Invincible Iron Man, and then you said Uncanny X-Men. I was like, uh, I'm not familiar with that one. No, well, his Invincible Iron Man was, was super Fantastic. good. Fantastic. Yeah, I quite liked it. But his run on Uncanny X-Men, which takes place, which starts, he started the run a little bit before Dark Reign. It goes through Dark Reign, mm-hmm. and the whole X-Men side of the Dark Reign series was pretty much all written by him. Mm. And then Utopia uh, is after that, is it? And then Utopia to Nation X, yeah. And uh, God, man, that guy. I don't know. He it it's like when Whedon took over on the X Men, it got real good. Mm -hmm. And then he's just wrapping it up nicely, and he and he sets up the future of the X Men so well. Hmm. So I'm not quite to AVX yet, but it's obviously leading up into that. Interesting. Yeah, the only the only thing I know about Fractions run is that he had like there were a few Michael Turner covers um for a few of the stories which I loved Michael Turner's art. Um and then just the names of the stories, but I know that like and I, I wonder if like he it kinda sounds like you're saying it's it's sort of the same where Grant Morrison had his new X Men and then Joss Whedon kinda like continued on with those X-Men with mm-hmm. his astonishing X-Men run and is, the, is it kind of the same lineup in Matt Fraction's run? Yeah, it is a little bit although it's what's so, what I like so much about Fraction's run is that uh, he he promotes Cyclops to sort of a more you know a, more of a hard-lined leader mm. and so you know they dredge up I just stuck my finger in my eye <laughs> <laughs> hey. Drudge up they, Cyclops' dirty past. I don't know. They drudge up uh, Magneto's sunken asteroid M hmm. uh, off the coast of California, and that becomes sanctuary for all mutants. Hmm. Ah, and then there's a storyline called Sanctuary, isn't there? Or is it just, is there a title called Sanctuary, or like a issue called Sanctuary? Okay. Yeah, I don't, I, don't I don't know. I just remember seeing something about Sanctuary <laughs> and X-Men and it was in a font which made it seem like a storyline title. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's super good because they get, they get they, he, he creates a sanctuary. All the mutants from all over the world come to, you know, this new place for mutants. That's awesome. Uh, and it's great. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just... <laughs> And whoever does the art, and I wish I could remember his name, and I just can't remember off the top of my head, but he does that really photorealistic style. Oh, yeah. Are you... I don't think... It wasn't Brian Hitch, because Brian Hitch was doing the Ultimates no, still, it wasn't, I believe. No, it wasn't Hitch, but it was... I mean, I can't remember his name, but... And it's not, it's not like, super exaggerated? No, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, so... Because uh, the cover artist for a lot of them was Michael Turner, who, like, has sort of a realistic style, but it's very exaggerated, kind of like Joe Mad. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, well, I guess we'll have to find out who did that art, but maybe we can. One of us can Google it probably while yeah. we're talking. But yeah, I'm sh- yeah. Anyway, so no, highly recommend. I mean, if you like X Men and like the continuation of X Men stories, that is actually good because there's some stinkers. Yeah, there's some real stinkers, and this one was solid. 
Oh, yeah, X Men is very up and down. A lot of people kind of run with the wrong concepts when it comes to X Men. You know, although I I don't know, man, because I, I from this all the way on to current, which I'm also I mean I've I've read this before, so I'm rereading it mm-hmm. through AVX, which I thought was really good, and now there's Bendis's Uncanny X Men, the new X Men stuff. I'm not super crazy about, mm-hmm. uh, and then the X Men that's all female team. I can't remember which one that was. It's just X Men. I don't remember who wrote it. Oh, but I think it's great. I mean, I really like how the X Men have been going over the past five years. That's more awesome. Or less. That's yeah. awesome. What about you, Rachel? What have you been reading lately? I've actually been reading what's his name, Nick Spencer's Ant Man. Ooh! Oh, that's the the current one, right? Yes. The new one with Scott Lang. Yes. And how is it? I love it. Really? I laugh so much reading it. I usually read it at work, so I'm just at my desk <laughs> cackling to myself. How many issues are out? Uh, I think there's five. Five? That's not bad. That's like almost a full story arc. Yeah, it's actually really good. Really? Um, he starts out trying to get a job with uh, Tony Stark. So he basically is just bugging Tony, no pun intended. because <laughs> uh, he's an <laughs> For a job Joke. in uh, security. Nice. And Tony finally caves and gives him the job. But then he bails and goes to Miami <laughs> to start his own security company. That's a Scott Lang thing to do. Yeah. Is So they... Well, I guess it's, it's still 616, so that means he's still got his daughter that's superheroing around, right? No. She's not superheroing around anymore? No, she's not. Oh, damn. She is in it, but she's not a superhero. It's still Cassie, right? Yes. Okay. But she's not a superhero at all? No. What? That makes me sad. She was in Young Avengers, and she was awesome. No. Nope. She was called Stature. She's just a normal... Do they address it at all, or is she just, just his daughter? Nope, just just the daughter. God damn it. Oh, it's probably because of the movie, because in the movie she's going to be like a little baby, and so it's like, oh, yeah, we don't want to confuse people. And ah. That makes sense. But That's annoying. It is less exciting, yeah. but it's still interesting. That's cool, th- There's a lot of, like, ex-wife jokes and stuff that are <laughs> really great. <laughs> Who was his ex-wife? Oh, I can't remember her name. Damn. Well, she she wasn't, like, a hero she, or She's Avenger just or a lady. Just a lady? Just a lady. Oh. Uh, here I was thinking that uh, that he was a lot like Hawkeye, that, like the Scott Lang was a lot like Hawkeye, where he just sort of finds a female Avenger to hook up with for a couple of years. No, just a random lady. Just a rando. And they make a random baby with a heart condition. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've wondered, like, one reason I've, I haven't, and it's not really a big reason preventing me, but I've kind of wondered, like, did they go way overboard on ant puns? Sometimes, <laughs> yes, but I still laugh. Because I think it's great. You think it's, I, I wonder if that's how the movie is going to be. Just like an overload of Paul Rudd and Michael Douglas ant puns. I'm okay with that. I don't know if I am. I guess it just depends on how it is. But Maybe just because I've seen the trailer so many times that I'm like sick of the Ant-Man joke at this well, point. Maybe you should stop watching it. Maybe I should. It's, just, it's, it's on repeat. Every time I open my door and go into my house, it's on my TV playing <laughs> on repeat all the time. And I don't know how to stop it. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, uh, are you are you still in Civil War? Yes, I am. Which point are you at? Uh, just about done with it. I'll finish it before our next week review of it. Yeah, as we all will, right, class? <laughs> I already did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. How long ago? Like a week or two. Okay, good. 
You should read it every few weeks. Just read it every day. Yeah. Every day. I, I know. To be fair, I did not read all of the uh, tie-ins. Tie-ins. Yeah. No, and and because you, you can burn to. through the eight of them and. Oh yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it doesn't it's very long. readable. That's what I like about Mark Miller's writing is he's not super wordy. Oh, dude, I have been drudging my <laughs> no, 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 no Hickman. I've been oh, I've Jesus. been burning my way through Avengers and New Avengers, mm. and oh, it is tiresome. Hickman, like this is the thing about Hickman that bugs me. If you're going to use word balloons and thought balloons, you need to kind of like divide the word count in both by mm, half, dude. And he he goes like. You could have a full Hickman issue. Well, I guess you couldn't because it wouldn't make sense since he shoves so much story into it. But, like, you could have a full Hickman issue with either just thought balloons or just word balloons and have just as many words as you do in any other comic. Yeah. But then you add both of them into the same thing as twice as many words and five times as many concepts. But it's that, But that's what. That's the problem. It's not the yeah. wordiness that bothers me. I don't mind if it's wordy. Like, Bendis' stuff can get wordy, but it's... It's tan- he's not it's, shoving concepts. It's on tangent. Throw. Yeah, this yeah. guy's like, oh, I yeah, I have to stop and reread because I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. It and it and it jumps. It jumps a lot, and so you can't just focus on like, oh, okay, here's my narrative. It's like, okay, here's my narrative. Oh, okay, there's a new. Whoa, there's another narrative. Oh, there's something else coming on. Marvel multiverse. What it drives me? <laughs> but that's but that's the problem is you've got this narrative of the multiverse and then mm-hmm. all these weird things going on on the sides and it's like, dude, I have to read this like three times to get it and I just you have to like get a PhD in fucking universe study. Like you have to be Neil. Maybe maybe he's just writing that book so that Neil deGrasse Tyson will have a superhero comic that entertains him. Maybe, maybe that's the only reason. I don't know. I mean, it's <laughs> you yeah. get an issue here and there and you're like, hey, that was actually. Like when he did uh, in Avengers when they sent them into the future and they were like kept jumping into the future mm-hmm. by, you know, large amounts of time. And each time they jumped, one of them dropped off. And I think it was Cap who went all the way to the future. And anyway, that was good. That was interesting. But then the next issue is like, Ugh, I'm lost again. This is. Yeah. Anyway. That's. Yeah. I Hickman's a jerk. I know. I'm really. I'm not. I like Hickman. Do you? I do. Really? Yeah, no, that's. Th- I'm not. He's good. He's yeah. good at what he does. And he I writes, doubt he's good. He d- he writes intriguing things, but it's just dense, and it's. I don't know. Maybe sometimes what I want to do is like you know because I read, you know, I read X amount of comics every night before I fall mm-hmm. asleep, and I, it's like the last thing I want to do while I'm trying to fall asleep is like try to. Yeah, like, dig through Hickman's rhetoric. Well, and <laughs> I like like I, I want Hawkeye versus Deadpool, where it's just like <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> okay, good night. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I guess my my problem with Hickman, because like it, when I read Manhattan Projects, I'm like, oh hell yeah, this is dope. Like I, I love this. But when I read Avengers, it's like, okay, I've got to read two issues a month of regular Avengers. I've got to read the one issue a month of of new Avengers. Mm-hmm. And then when crossovers like Infinity happen, I have to read that issue as well. And then I have to read the prelude to it. Otherwise, I'm not going to get it. And you, gotta, you know, like, oh, dude, I I full on bailed on infinity like yeah halfway through i was like i don't have the patience for this you that i mean that's always one of my biggest problems with comic events in general is like yes. they they have they don't unless they have like civil war has one narrative yep. run and tie-ins that you don't have to read to, yep. to still get a good enjoyable story but this is like it's like part one infinity and you read it and then you read part two and you're like oh 
okay, hold on. Let me go back. Let me let me pull up online the yeah. sequence of comics I need to read to be able to get through this, and that's just well, because yeah, it's like even the full Infinity Omnibus doesn't yeah. have everything. No, it's and it, exactly, it's super annoying, and it's so non-linear too, because there's so many different writers making these different tie-ins, and like yeah, seventy-five percent of it's Hickman because he's writing so many goddamn books that are dominating the universe, so like. They're different, right? And so, like, the narrative kind of like cuts off, and they do this weird chapters thing that they have yeah. throughout that entire mm-hmm. thing. And like, there's one chapter that's like two pages, and then the next is like twenty eight. The fuck is this? But then, like, it switches art styles and it switches writers. But then you're trying to like follow it, and then like there'll be one issue that's in the middle of like half of this issue, and so you get half of like Avengers, and then the entire issue of New Avengers, and then the other half of that issue of Avengers. And you're like, where the fuck am I? I tried like three times to read Infinity and it didn't happen. No, I agree. And I think that's, you know, I think that's, I think that for any sort of large event that's going to happen across, across, uh, across different books is you need to have a consistent narrative Mm -hmm. and some sort of someone who's on lead. Yeah, exactly. And you can do tie-ins. Tie-ins, are, I don't have a problem with tie-ins. Like, Civil War Spider-Man tie-ins are great. Yes. They fit. It's easy to follow. All you have to do is pick up, I don't know which one it was, maybe it's probably Amazing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and read three issues, well, and you're good. You don't have to, like, okay, hold on, let me pull up Marvel Wikia. Oh, Jesus, yeah. And read, <laughs> you know, four or five different entries just to get myself set up to then get confused yeah. while I read Infinity. Well, because the nice thing is, like, I feel like with events, and, and Civil War, I think, is a perfect example of, of the way to do comic book events and tie-ins, because, like, you know, it's just sort of accepted now that tie-ins are just a part of, of comic books and comic book events, because it's kind of like, well, you can't, you know, it's almost like usually it's not the right scenario where, like, with DC and Crisis on Infinite Earths, they could have it self-contained with no tie-ins because it's a universe-ending event and, and the continuity that was going on at the time was after Crisis on Infinite Earths. Right. When Crisis 1 came out, the Flash number one and Batman number or they weren't number ones, but like the new continuity of them mm-hmm. came out right after. So Wally West was the Flash and nobody had any fucking idea why until a year later when Crisis 12 came out and they realized that Barry Allen dies. And so it, it was the type of event where there's no real crossovers that need to happen. But with, like, Civil War, they have all these tie-ins, and they, they fit. They're, they're very linear. But the nice thing with how they sort of crafted it and planned it was that you have the main Civil War story where everyone is making the decisions they're making and sort of leading, you know, and progressing the plot along. And then you have the tie-in issues that explain why they're doing that. Right. And that's perfect because, like, you, you in the main story, you get a little bit about their motivations, enough to understand where they're going with yeah. it. And then, and then it sort of takes down the story. And if you want more, you know, and, and you don't have to read all the tie-ins if you read any of them. You can read separate tie-ins and you're not lost, like going, oh, I read this X-Men tie-in, but I need to read the Spider-Man tie-in too. Right. You can pick and choose. Right. And that's, that's what I do love about Civil Wars. There are tons of tie-ins, and a lot of people hate that, but it's like you don't need to read all of them, but it does, you know, like, but then it, it, it does add something. It gives you extras to yeah. the story. Right, but it's, it's not the perfect re- balance. It's not required. Exactly. No. And I think it's not required, but it's valued. Yes, and that and that's what I liked so much about the original Sin re- event that you know happened X amount of time ago. Yeah, is the original Sin event series was linear mm-hmm. and really good, and you could read the tie-ins, and well, all they did was flesh out sort of what secrets were told when that like eyeball guy unleashed secrets upon everybody. Yeah. 
So that was a great way to do it because you have one linear story that you can follow. And if you're so interested in what Tony Stark's secret was or what the Hulk's secret was, Mm -hmm. you can then read their tie-ins if you choose. Or not. You don't need to. You know, it wasn't required to get through the story. Yeah. And I think that's the way to go. So, so Mitch, in terms of your your Civil War uh, uh, progression, where are you at right now? Oh... I'm not even sure. I'm almost done. So if you're, if we're looking at like, let's uh, let's look at the timeline as the main issues. I think I've got one more in the main issue nice. left. And are there so. there's still a few tie-ins after yeah. the main. Oh yeah, because Death of Captain America, the first Death of Captain America issue yeah. was a Civil War tie-in, huh? Yeah. It was like Civil War aftermath. Is that what they called it? Oh, uh, I think so. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, that sounds right. That's cool. Well, so so recently, and like by recently, I mean like. Right before today, Rachel had a awesome vacation to Denver, Denver, mm-hmm. uh, right? Yeah, Denver, Colorado, uh, and and went and had some some shopping sprees over at uh, Mile High Comics. Tell us about your your trip, Rachel. What do you want to know? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, you went to Mile High Comics. So, what did, what did you get? I got stacks of oh. <laughs> Because it's such a big place, and oh, then yeah. they have another store that's on a different street that's even bigger. I didn't go there, but you I didn't go to the really big one. No, God, I already had this ginormous pile, and then I just kept finding boxes and boxes. <laughs> so I had to cap myself, and I told my brother next trip just drop me off <laughs> for like three hours, just leave me there, and then pick me up. <laughs> and I'm going to really budget this. But I think my best find was my X Men thirty five. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was. I I enjoyed that. It was. Uh, I want to. Yeah. I want to get it graded. You um, should. Yeah. It looked like it had some tatters and stuff like that, it which does. is kind of cool. It I, I looked look through it. it, and it's really not that bad. Yeah. It's probably not the best grade, it's but it's cover. it's not a shit grade. But no, not at all. Yeah. That's really. It was really cool. But like, I saw them going for about two hundred and twenty and up. Depending oh, on the grade, boom. I got it for forty dollars. <laughs> That's sick. And I got some Doctor Strange, some Daredevil, hell yeah, hell yeah. some Green Lantern. For, Fuck yes. For some yeah, evil person. A, some evil person <laughs> that's into DC and Green Lantern. Yes. She got me an issue of uh, of uh, O'Neill and Adams uh, Green Lantern Green Arrow, and then another issue of Green Lantern. I'm not sure who the writer was because at the time they didn't put writer credits on the cover because you know. It does have Sinestro on the cover. Though. Fuck yeah, it does. <laughs> Sinestro is like one of the best villains in the DC universe. What were you going to say, Matt? Why isn't there a Doctor Strange run right now? What's up with that, guys? Probably biding their time. There should be. There's Maybe really there will be. be one closer to movie release. They're waiting for Bengaldorf Cumbersnaff to uh, uh, rele- reveal his costume. Probably. I'm just kidding. I have no idea. That was not insider information. Anyway, I would like. I would be. I would. I, yeah. I would. I'd be happy if I had a good. I'd love a Doctor Strange. Yes, Doctor I Strange would too. To come out. Yeah, and oh, and you also got a, a trade of Dead Man, didn't you? I did. I got me some Dead Man. Oh, cool. yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> and that's Neil Adams' Dead it Man, is. too. That's OG. I'm really excited. See, that's what's cool about Neil Adams is he comes up with shit like that. Who comes up with Dead Man? You know what I mean? Neil Adams does. I'm excited you, for Neil my Adams. Dead Man. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for you to read it and then me to 
borrow it without your knowledge. Um, so, <laughs> also moving along from that, today's topic that we uh, that we wanted to broach, or I guess, oh fuck, I didn't even bring up what I've been reading. Yeah, Look at Jason, me! Oh my on. god! Uh, um, I've been reading uh, Justice League three thousand and. I heard somebody recently giving it a bunch of hate and it, it put me into ultra rage mode because they, they missed the entire point of the series. Like justice league 3000 is this awesome commentary on like everything that got screwed up when DC did the new 52. Like there were great stuff, but they comment like you've got this. So it's, it's set in the future. It's set in obviously the year 3000. Wait, wait, give me some context. How long ago was this new 52 thing? 2011, September, 2011. So continue. The, the the premise of Justice League 3000 is we're, we're in the year 3000 and there's this new Justice League. It's, you know, Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, uh, Green Lantern, and The Flash. You know, the usual fucking suspects. Um, but the twist is, like, obviously it's a thousand years in the future. How can they still be there? They are... At first we think they're clones. We actually find out that they uh, are basically... Gen- like people who volunteered for experiments that they altered the DNA of to match with, uh, with you know, the DNA of Bruce Wayne, Clark Kent, you know, Diana Prince, all that. Um, but the thing is, like, all they know about these characters is what they read in the history books or, or the websites or whatever, what's, what's documented about them. You know, they didn't know them. And so to actually get their psyche right is, is kind of is, is difficult. And so you get these characters that are, you know, like you get Superman, but he's kind of an asshole and his powers aren't quite the same. Like he has kind of a different power set and like he's super like into Wonder Woman in like this weird lusty way. And like he doesn't embody anything that Superman embodies and he refers to himself in the third person as Superman sometimes and talks about how great Superman is and people should respect him because he's Superman. And then you get this Batman who's super bipolar and like one minute he's super ragey and wants to punch Superman in the face and they're always going head to head at each other. But then the other minute he's like super nice and he's leader and he's strategic, you know, and like all this stuff. And then same with, you know, like Barry Allen. It was super funny because so in the New 52 they abandoned Wally West who was the second Flash who used to be Kid Flash. Mm-hmm. Barry Allen, they, they get his hair wrong. They actually make Barry Allen a redhead for his reincarnation. And it was like kind of them like trying to sneak in Wally West without calling him Wally West being like, oh, hey, they forgot about this guy. Um, but basically the entire time they're, they're basically just saying like, Hey, look at all this stuff that you fucked up. And so they're like, the people who created these clones are Dan DiDio and, and Jim Lee, except they're not cause they can't just say that. And so they're the wonder twins, but it's like Dan DiDio is the, the boy of the wonder twins. Who's just like, Oh yeah, this is the justice league. They're totally fucking perfect and nothing's wrong with them. And they're exactly how they used to be. And then his twin sister, who is just, you know, a, or like an analog for Jim Lee is like, well, I don't really think they're quite the same as they were. It seems like they shouldn't be like this. And then he's like, no, no, they're perfect. Everything's great. This is exactly how people would remember them. And it's like, oh, kind of like the new 52 was sort of like the DC universe, but a lot of the characters were way different, namely Superman or, you know, like Wonder Woman is like fucking weird and crazy aggressive and stuff. Like it was, it's fucking great. And I have no idea how they snuck it past editorial. Like, cause it's such a blatant commentary on like, what was wrong with the new 52 and what was right with the new 52. And just, I, I've been loving the hell out of it. And it's, it's, uh, um, Keith Giffen and JM, JM DeMatteis, uh, doing the writing who wrote justice league international back in like the eighties and nineties, which was like, if justice league in the office had a baby, um, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it really is. It's super hilarious. And that's where people's obsession with uh, blue beetle and booster gold comes from their whole bromance and, and, uh, Martian Manhunter's uh, cookie addiction. 
all that stuff. Yeah, he's actually <laughs> legitimately addicted to cookies, like a Coke addiction. Um, and there's like there's one where they they try to get him to go go cold turkey. So Booster Beetle and Blue Gold buy up all of the cookies in an entire town so that he has nowhere to go to buy them. Yeah, so like it's it's fucking wacky. Anyway, so those writers and then Howard Porter, who was the artist on the uh, Grant Morrison and Mark Wade Justice League run. Um, so it's fucking great throwback and like commentary on the new 52, like all smashed up into one and the coloring is like super modern. And so you get this sort of classic, not classic, but like kind of nineties art style, but mixed with modern coloring and it's just super great, futuristic, awesome, awesome, awesome and funny. So is the new 52 generally lambasted by fans? It's, it's hated on a lot more than it should be by fans. Um, the birth of the new 52 was very mired in confusion. Uh, like the Superman, and one reason that Superman was so screwed up is that you had George Perez writing the main Superman title and Grant Morrison writing action comics, and they weren't communicating at all, and there's been different words on who was responsible for that, but they weren't communicating at all for what they were doing. And so action comics was set five years in the past when Superman first, you know, in the new 52 timeline, when he first comes about. Mm-hmm. Um, and Superman is set currently, and so it's like, you know, George Perez kind of has to know what was going on five years ago so that he doesn't like, you know, but they weren't communicating. And then like DC themselves didn't really have a roadmap. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the Batman continuity from pre-crisis or from pre-New 52 and the, the Green Lantern continuity from pre-New 52 both stayed, but then everything else rebooted. But it's like, okay, in five years you're telling me that Batman had four different Robins, four different fucking Robins, and mm-hmm. one of them died? In five years? Like, crazy weird shit like that. And then, like, and Bruce Wayne died after five years, but then came back? Like, that timeline makes no fucking sense. Spoilers. It's, yeah, whatever. If you, if you haven't read it at yeah, this point, spo- it what, spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers are like, you get like spoilers three like weeks, little, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, it's, and so the continuity, the continuity itself was just like super mired. If you don't focus on the continuity, there are a lot of great stories there. Oh, sure. Um, Superman, in general, was kind of messed up. Grant Morrison's action comics was awesome, but then, like, the main Superman title was messed up. The Justice League title was as good as it could be. Mm -hmm. Problem was, since it is Justice League, it had, like, continuity was a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. And so it took, like, a year and a half before they actually got any traction on Justice League. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, which sucks, especially because Jim Lee was doing the art for the first part, which the story wasn't super great on. It was Jeff Johns, but he was only doing the best he could. Um, but then like new 52 Batman has been fucking fantastic mm-hmm. mostly because they were like well we don't care what you guys are going to say about the continuity we're just going to tell our stories which is how they should be and same with Green Lantern new 52 Green Lantern was awesome um, and so there, there's a lot of new 52 stuff that's great but the problem was like the biggest focus was on the stuff that sucked so mm-hmm. it was like Justice League was the you know in a lot of people's minds Justice League is the best thing of this and it still isn't that good and then like Superman is not the Superman we remember and the Flash is Barry Allen again, even though that was that happened before the New 52, but now it's like Wally West doesn't exist, and Kid Flash is Bart Allen, so Wally West has no room to exist, and hmm. he was a fan favorite, and so just stuff like that. Well, let's, uh, let's hope Marvel doesn't make the same mistakes. Yeah. Well, and, and the nice thing is it looks like DC, like so DC just had their conversions, and now they're starting a new time, not a new timeline, but they're sort of doing kind of a, a relaunch rather than a reboot, and so what? about half their titles are getting new sort of continuity shifts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And the way that they're starting is awesome. They're basically saying, okay, you know, of all these creators, what story ideas do you have? Let's do it. You know, 
not even worrying about continuity because like if you read and and i recommend everybody do this go and read some of the dc preview issues they just released preview issues for all the stuff that's going to be coming out next month and it's all free it's Hmm. like five to ten page stories completely free just gives you an idea of what they're doing um they don't really have a house style of art anymore which was another problem with the new 52 is like all the titles had the same type of art for the most part you know like 40 out of the 52 titles had like very similar art styles Mm -hmm. whereas now they're doing kind of the marvel thing where it's like we've got this super cartoony art over here and then this photorealistic art over here and everything in between that's cool um yeah it's fucking great and so there's like there's mini series like bizarro has a mini series in this new continuity Mm. batmite has a mini series in this new continuity Mm. um and then there's stuff where there's like one where it's in the future and a 16 year old girl is president because twitter voted her into presidency and it's like there's like these dudes piloting drones and attack it sounds like this weird gimmicky thing but it's actually really awesome the story itself um, there's this one called Section 8 where it's like a super terrorist group that like kidnaps one of the Green Lanterns and, and they have like this terrorist video where they're about to assassinate him. Like Black Canary, Annie Wu is doing the art and it's super like, uh, it's like Scott Pilgrimy. Like it's, it's, every, just go fucking read all of it anyway. So here's the important question. Yes. Is there, a, is there new Swamp Things? Yes. There is a new Swamp Thing. Is it good? Yes. I would recommend if you go on Comixology, they have it all for free. So if you just uh, Google, or not Google, uh, in the search bar on Comixology, just type DC Sneak Peek, mm-hmm. um, and you'll find all, I think, 44 oh, of the issues. Swamp Thing is one of them, um, and it's really good. Yep. Swamp Thing. That's my jam. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so our topic today that, that we want to talk about is, is properties that we want to see adapted to, to movies. Uh, let's start with Mr. Mitchell Odell. Fallout. Best video game. What a game surprise! Call that. <laughs> the post apocalyptic aspect is amazing. And, I mean, any game that comes out has been great. And. There's been movies that I guess you could count similar. I've heard the new Mad Max is similar, though I haven't seen it. Dicks. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Fallout, obviously Fallout is like, you know, the Fallout from like a nuclear holocaust or something like that. But like, give me the basic premise of Fallout. Uh, it depends on which game, but pretty much you are a vault dweller or a lone wanderer or something. You play a main character, and it's a sandbox game, so you kind of get to choose your own fate, put out by Bethesda. And there's multiple different endings. You can do hundreds of side missions. So, I mean, you can put so many hours into that game, you don't even realize how many you put in until you're done. And your whole character's customizable, everything else so you just kind of wander the wasteland and fuck shit up or and so is there is there a specific uh fallout game that you would like to see adapted or would you like it to be more of a loose adaptation of the concepts i'm a big new vegas fan i enjoyed new vegas the most out of them i know most people with the newer ones prefer three but i'm the whole western aspect of it to me was great. The fact that we live in an area Feels that has to home. a lot of that definitely brings it home and so and then I mean you got the gambling aspect. It's like the Wild West. I would like to see that. Hopefully it's not like the Wild Wild West with uh, Will Smith cuz that movie was terrible. 
Anything with Will Smith is terrible. <laughs> Whoa, easy there. He's going to be in Suicide Squad. I take and he'll be to terrible. That. No, fuck yourself. He'll no, be the Will worst Smith's part of that awesome. movie. I'm not a Will I like Smith him in guy at all. I liked him in I Am Legend. I'm a, I'm a half and half Will Smith guy. Oh man, I hated that movie. He had like, he had like four so years there bad. where he was doing really solid stuff. He had like Hancock, Seven Pounds, no, Pursuit yeah, of totally. Happiness, oh, he's uh, solid. I Am Legend. Yeah. Then there were also a few years where it's like, ah, oh, Will Smith, what are you doing? Man, I was Independence Day. Independence Day, you. Yeah. That was his best movie ever. Come on. His best you. movie ever wasn't a movie at all. It was called Fresh Prince of ben- Bel Air. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I, I kind of miss comedy Will Smith. Like Men in Black. Oh, Men in Black. Will Smith has a lot of good movies. Yeah, Fuck you, bitch. He, yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, Will Smith's great. Damn it. Now that I'm, I'm like going Man, down I'm this not a like, Will Smith guy at all. Will Smith nostalgia road right now. I'm like, damn, oh, I man. forgot about all the good Will Smith. Wait, what was that one that just came out with his son in it? It was like that sci fi movie. After Earth, that movie sucks. Oh, I don't even so bother. Didn't it have even both worse of them in it? His son's had both psychotic. of them in it, and they're doing this weird fake accent that's not a British accent, I don't think. At least, like, I hope they weren't trying to do a British accent. No. It was weird. It was just this weird, like, half... It was the the weirdest mixture between British and American you could ever have. And so you'd, you'd get, like, Jaden Smith saying things like, Father, but then, like, at the same time using normal R's in other situations. It was so and, weird, yeah. And they were both doing it. It was bad. It was a train wreck. Super bad. It did have cool... It did have cool, uh, like, future evolved animals, which is something I'm into. Yeah. No, the sci- like the, the actual, like, the visual effects and stuff were cool, but then yeah. it's like, ah, oh, this is an M. Night Shababalabalian movie. Yeah. And I just can't stand him anymore. Shababbly babbly. Shababbly babbly boobly. <laughs> I hate him so much. Why did he have to ruin The Last Airbender? Um, right? Fuck Ugh. that guy. Fuck him. Yeah, fuck that guy. Like, he... What what kind of egotistical douchebag goes? Hey, here's the source material, but I, like, and it, it's it, it's a TV show, so like, it is an audible visual format, just like a movie is. He goes, eh, nah, I'm not going to pronounce any of the names the way that these guys pronounce the names. That oh me. my god! And I'm also <laughs> just going to like erase a lot of this stuff from the entire story, and then I'm going to rush like most of it. And the the rushing part might not have been his decision, but I still feel like it kind of was. Um, like, dude, get over yourself. Like, this cartoon was fucking awesome for a reason. All you had to do was literally just take it and put it onto a screen with actors, keep the same script even, maybe a little less exposition-y, and you'd be fine. Instead, he's like, no, I'm going to change everything and make it into a deep, sophisticated movie. But it really isn't, because I'm not that deep or sophisticated. What are we talking about? <laughs> the Last Airbender. <laughs> It's a rant that I'll. Uh, it's <laughs> that one in Ender's Game really irked me. Anyway, no, we we promised to never speak of Ender's Game again. Yes, we did. Yes, and we will not. And we won't speak of the Last Airbender <laughs> ever again. again. Yeah, yeah, we're done with that rant yeah. now. <laughs> it's, yeah, Will Smith, good guy, great stuff. Uh, Focus was actually surprisingly good, um, and so will Suicide Squad be. <laughs> It'll be terrible just because of him. <laughs> no, it's going to be awesome. And I think oh, yeah, Harley looks great. Harley looks awesome. And Batman looks awesome trying to cut into Joker's car. And the Joker looks awesome. He does. There's only <laughs> I only have a problem with one tattoo. The it's, forehead? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like the forehead tattoo. I don't either. And it's like, if it was anything else, like if it was a smile on his forehead, that'd be like fucking creepy and cool. But then it's like, the word damaged? Like, there he just seemed shouldn't like a be anything emo girl. tattooed on his face. Yeah, face tattoos just... 
I I wouldn't mind the face tattoo if it wasn't the word damage. No, face no, tattoos I, I, are. Dumb. I 100% agree. Having the word damage is distracting and dumb. Yeah. It is distracting. It just seems like in like one of those emo kids you know in high school that just is like is always trying to cry for attention. So he made it like out of safety pins and They're like, "Hey, let's yeah. let's 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 have let's make our exposition as easy as possible by just writing Joker's personality on his forehead yeah. in a tattoo." <laughs> and it's explained easy enough where it's like, "Oh yeah, he was in prison for a long time and when you're in prison for a long time, you end up getting shitty tattoos that you later regret." Does he still have the little Yeah, I think he does. Teardrop that's not a teardrop. The J, yeah, the J, the J teardrop. Yeah, I think he does. Which again, like, I I don't like it, but it is easily explained by the fact that, like, oh yeah, this dude was in prison for a long time. I'm more okay with that than the damaged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both are bad. But everything else, I mean, even the car. Yeah. Like, I love how bright and neony his car is, just because. I mean, obviously, with his bright hair and and yeah. crazy suits, he <laughs> likes attention. Just like the Joker always does, I mm-hmm. guess. And so he's, he's very bombastic, but everything else is super dark, and like it, it kind of gives a really nice juxtaposition to him and Batman and the rest of the Suicide Squad that are after him, probably. So, <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I like it. But anyway, Matthew. What would you like to see adapted to a movie? Oh, um, I don't know. There's, you know, I there's a couple. Um a comic series that I always thought would be tough to put to adapt to a movie, but that would be really cool is, um, there's a age of reptiles series by Ricardo Delgado from the uh, mid nineties. And man, it's, deep cut. So I roll. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it is, um, hipster ass Matt. It's just Kidding. like dinosaurs, but it, it's, they're, 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 uh, it's a the first one, the one that really kind of caught me and has kept me with. He's done uh, three or four different story arcs, but the mm-hmm. first one is uh, takes place in um, Hell Creek Formation, uh, Cretaceous era, North American Hell Creek Formation is the uh, fossil bed in Montana where they find like Tyrannosaurs and and uh, and Deinonychus and sort of like a lot of the Triceratops and a lot of the, like the big. Brand, all those dinosaurs were all dinosaurs. But um, anyway, his comic series is there's no dialogue, mm-hmm. and it just follows this pack of raptors who get entangled with this uh, sort of a clan of tyrannosaurs. So it's a clash of clans of sorts. In a sense, yeah. Um, <laughs> nice try, but uh, <laughs> ignore it. This episode yes. sponsored by Clash of Clans. No, ignore it. Here's Kate Upton's boobs. Uh, but it's 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 you. He just he creates dialogue just by. Okay, so anyway, he creates sort of narrative with without dialogue just by showing sort of clever storytelling tricks and techniques, and it's his an amazing. He he drew and wrote the whole thing. So I don't know if you remember recently there was that Walking with Dinosaurs movie that just came out. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did you guys see it? Yes. No. And it was like kind of cool, but also super annoying. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> well, because they made the dinosaurs talk. Yeah. Mm. So Ricardo Delgado was. So it's kind of like Wally, where there's not a lot of dialogue. There's well, the the comics have no dialogue, but oh, the the movie. Well, I'm just saying that you'd prefer it to be like that, where. There is no dialogue. Yeah, because he wrote the visual. story for the Walking with Dinosaurs show. 
And oh. it was originally intended to be with no dialogue. But then the, the, the producers and the marketing producers people were marketing like, people. Uh, no, they're not going to get it. They added like poop jokes and like goofy yeah. kid dialogue and stuff. And no, it, it was just bad. ruined the movie. You know what kids like? Dinosaur poop jokes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Of course but, they do. So, so it's kind of a cop-out because it, it, in a sense, sort of was adapted, but just horribly done. Yeah. No, um, I get you there. But no, if, I could, if there could be one sort of story that I would be thrilled to be made into it, and it would have to be a movie series, is um, Arthur C. Clarke, uh, who wrote 2001 A Space Odyssey, um, and a whole bunch of other amazing books. Childhood's End, which is now being made into a television show, which is exciting. Because that was one of my favorite books as a kid. Kids love the televisions. Uh, he wrote a series called Rendezvous with Rama. And it's about... I think it's uh, pronounced Rendezvous. Rendezvous. Rendezvous with Rama. And it's about this, this, this spaceship that comes into um, Earth's... Or, uh, or the, you know, our, 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 universe, our galaxy's orbit. And kind of like there's a pass by, and we send out a shuttle to explore this alien spacecraft. And then the subsequent books tell the story of humans habitating this spacecraft, and then multiple generations as the spacecraft travels off into the stars. Uh, and it's amazing. Hmm. Um, and so that's always been a dream of mine to be made into a film because that book is just so. I mean, Arthur C. Clarke is an amazing author, and everything he writes is so big in scope and heart. And it's just one of those things that you could, I could see being made into a film that would just be like Interstellar-ish. Like the well, sh- I mean, Interstellar was completely inspired by 2001: A Space Odyssey, so oh, sure. I can totally get you there. Well, you know the ship at the end of Interstellar, mm-hmm. the the cylinder ship. Mm-hmm. That's the same design as this. This the Rendezvous with oh, Rama yeah. ship. Well, I mean, you can see it everywhere in that movie. I mean, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Kip, the robot, is like very similar to uh, to what they had in two thousand one. Hal, yeah, Hal. You know, like there's there's a lot of similarities in the entire story itself and the explorative nature of it. Like it's it was directly inspired by by yeah. Arthur C. Clarke. Yeah. So there's been rumors over the years that Morgan Freeman's really pushing for a rendezvous with Rama. Film. Morgan Freeman. And uh, that's exciting. But it's just one of those things that, you know, you probably never get, but you can pipe dream. I, I can pipe dream about a lot of things narrated by Morgan Freeman. I wish. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, what would you like to see adapted? Well, I picked two. Okay. Ooh. Pushing the rules here, guys. We've got a fucking outlaw. Ooh, I'm going to pick three. I got another one. <laughs> okay, no, go for it, Rachel. You had two. Feel free to have your two. <laughs> and I also had about five minutes to prepare this. So. It's all right. <laughs> we wing it here. It's um, a savage land. <laughs> <laughs> We're savages. First one is Squirrel Girl. Good choice. <laughs> right? Because I think in this day and age, she would work because humor is different. And I think more people would get her. It would be another female role model in the Marvel world for young girls. 
She yeah. is completely ridiculous. I would almost like, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm like debating in my head whether I would want to see it as like a, a live action or like one of the Disney animated movies. I think it, it would do better Lego animated, yeah. actually. Like tie in with Big Hero Six yeah. and then have like an animated like that Marvel same Universe style. Yeah. I think well, that you would know, because it would look super weird with like a whole ton of CG squirrels around. Yeah, that wouldn't look right. That would look horrible. Yeah, if it was, yeah, like in real life, yeah, that would look horrible. It should totally be the next Disney animation movie. Let's it call them up should. right now, and you know. That's Make it a Lego it. movie, damn it. She was the best Lego character in Marvel Lego. I like the Lego movies, but I would love to see just like that super cartoony animated style yes, of Skullgirl. That's awesome. what I want. That's sick. <laughs> 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 All right, second one. And I'm sitting next to Mitch, and he might hit me. Oh, no. Nightwing. No violence. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> I want that so hard. It was that was actually almost uh, the one that I that I chose for mine. Nightwing does deserve to be in, like ah, and since they're doing this new DC universe, they totally could, and I really want them to. Yes. I think he deserves his own movie. Yes, he does, and like, and it's probably not super realistic to to expect in the next few years since they are doing that t- the the Titans TV show um, on TNT, which is going to be basically right after Dick Grayson stops being Robin. It's like, you know, he's... Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm kind of excited for it. It's like, so it's going to be based on the George Perez and uh, uh, Marv Wolfman new Teen Titans run, which is what inspired the Teen Titans cartoon. Um, The original, like, anime-style one that was awesome. Um, I guess Young Justice was also awesome, so they're both awesome. Everything's awesome. (laughs) Everything is awesome! Oh, God. Um, But... It'll, you know, it'll kind of be like right after Nightwing sort of goes on his own or Dick Grayson goes on his own, like decides, F you, Batman. I'm not going to be Robin anymore. I'm not your sidekick. I'm going to go and do my own thing with my own team. Um, and then it'll, I think it's going to have like uh, Raven and um, it might have, it might end up having Arsenal. But I, anyway, it's, and so that will probably make it a little less realistic to have a Nightwing movie anytime soon since that'll be focused on him. But like, that's a good idea. I love I love Dick Grayson so much. I love Dick. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it would be cool because it, it does tie into Superman and Batman, and yes. they could pull it off. Oh, I think they totally could, especially with, you know, I mean, there are rumors, and there's one rumor that I really don't like, that Dick Grayson is actually dead in, in Batman v Superman. Um, oh. But there are also, you know, like what they've been talking about is like Batman... Ben Affleck's Batman has been doing it, you know, he's been he's been at it for a long time, so and and it doesn't seem like they're abandoning the Robins like Chris Nolan did. So I mean, realistically we could expect him to exist in this universe, whether or not he's dead. I hope he's really not well, dead. Well wasn't um somebody else was Nightwing that was Robin. So well no, so so Dick Grayson was Nightwing and, and was Robin before that, but uh back in the f- 50s i want to say maybe 60s um superman had a sidekick called nightwing yeah i know that but uh yeah, i know no. stuff you know stuff <laughs> but no dick grayson was the only one that went from being robin to nightwing because then there was jason todd who got killed and came back and came back as red hood um which was actually the one that i i'll be talking about but uh and then tim drake goes from being robin to being red robin because you know he's really creative Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yum. <laughs> I know. That's all I can ever think of. It's the dumbest fucking name for any character. God damn it. They had to. 
<laughs> My biggest problem with the new 52, and I mean, he was Red Robin before the new 52, but like, at least his character was still right. But in the new 52, they just, they fucked him up so bad. Like, at least in, before the new 52, <laughs> Tim Drake got fucked with, but not by the writers. Like, the writer, at least like, he was still himself, and just shit around him sucked. But now it's like, he sucks, and everything around him still sucks. Like, God damn it! <laughs> Poor Tim. Poor Tim. I love Tim. I really, I really hope that he's... It seems like Carrie Kelly is going to be the Robin in the new uh, Batman movies, but I really hope that Tim exists. Same with Dick, same with Jason. I hope they all exist. Every single one. Even Damien. We'll throw Damien in there. Yeah. Yeah. You have to throw him in there. But. Even though he's psycho. <laughs> he's psycho, but that's the best part. True. Psycho little five-year-old that likes cutting people's heads off. Mm-hmm. Like that be awesome to see in a movie like uh oh uh like hit girl and kick ass you know yeah or like hannah i guess those are both girls but it's still the same concept like a little kid that's just fucking murderous and crazy which is damien which is fucking damien yeah can you imagine oh what if like 10 years down the road we got a dick grayson as batman story with damien as robin that would be awesome if they kept going with this continuity they could totally pull it off oh that'd be so sick now i'm just imagining it Nobody else cares. Yeah, I know. Everyone sucks. You guys Damn. suck. So if you were to see a Nightwing movie, though, would you want it to be just Nightwing solo? Would you want it to be like Nightwing and Batgirl or Nightwing and Oracle or like Nightwing and Starfire or like Nightwing and the Titans? What do you think? Probably Batgirl. Batgirl? I feel like she needs to be redeemed in movie yes. form. Holy shit, yes. That, that was such a bad... travesty of God. Batman and Robin. Damn it. Yeah. And that's one thing I... Wyatt, I never thought about this before. Um, so, Jenna Malone, you know the girl who takes her top off in Hunger Games? Or Catching Fire, whichever one it is? Yeah. They're, like, standing in the elevator and she just, like, fucking throws her clothes off? That yeah, girl? Yeah, I know her from Saved. Saved. Oh, that was yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, that's a good movie. <laughs> I never watched that movie. Oh, that's a great movie. Well, so, you've sold me on the Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't actually show anything. Damn. If only. Um... But so she was cast in Batman v Superman. Nobody has said yet what her role is, and the rumor has been that she will be Carrie Kelly Robin, which is the Robin in Dark Knight Returns, the girl. Mm-hmm. But now I'm starting to think, like, what if she's Batgirl? That'd be dope. I think she'd make a good Batgirl. Yeah, well, because like she's a little too old to be Carrie Kelly Robin, at least like if it's a true to form, because Carrie Kelly was like, you know, thirteen to fifteen somewhere in there. But like she'd be a great Batgirl. I'm kind of hoping for this now. <laughs> Damn, now I'm crossing my fingers because that'd be awesome. And then you get someone like, uh, oh, what's that kid's name? What's that kid's name? What's that kid's name? I almost think like Logan Lerman would be a good, like Robin, but he wouldn't be a good Nightwing. I don't even know who that is. He's the kid. Did you see Fury, the tank movie? No. Did you see, help me out, Percy Jackson? No. Well, then fuck it. <laughs> I don't know what else he's been in. Um, I don't know, but I'd love to see that. Her as Batgirl and then having Nightwing. Like, that'd be a cool movie. It would. Yeah. Even, and even if she was Oracle at that point, like, even if the Joker had that paralyzed her. That would still be her awesome, and, too. Hell yeah. Because Nightwing and Oracle was a dope-ass romance, and then he had to go and be a dick. Ha! <laughs> 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 oh, I'm too funny. <laughs> so, have we all seen John Wick here at this table? No. No. Nope. Are you fucking kidding me. <laughs> I've been trying. Tinica doesn't want to watch it. Why? I, I want to see it. She thinks it's just a dumb action movie and I'm like, I bet you it's not. It looks amazing. 
So good. Yeah, I really want to see it. First of all, they have the best dog actor of all time in this movie. Hmm. Of all time. Like, I've never seen a dog act in this way, and this dog's agent needs to, to really put it in more <laughs> stuff, because holy hell, this dog was the best actor in the movie, um, which is kind of saying a lot, but at the same time, I was like, well, I mean, they're not they great actors. It's Keanu Reeves. <laughs> but no, so John Wick was hands down the best action movie of last year, by far. The the choreography, the way that all the scenes, like, it's... It's it's such a, a just a, a perfect. I don't know, man. Edge of Tomorrow came out last year. Edge of Tomorrow was really good. That movie was incredible. I, I loved, loved Edge of movie. Tomorrow. Yes, but John Wick, the choreography in John Wick was even better. All you need is kill. That's the, oh, that's a great that's, book. That's the same. That's, yeah. they, adapt, they adapted that. Um, oh yes, I know. I know stuff. You know stuff. I've read stuff. You read things. Jeez. Damn it. Fuck. You just sounded like you were bringing you up a read, separate. Did thing. you guys read Robo Apocalypse? No. no. Robo Apocalypse. Uh, okay, we'll talk about it later. Okay. Sounds awesome. I like robots and I like apocalypse. Dude. So it was rumored Not Spielberg life, was going to direct the uh, the adaptation of Robo Apocalypse, which is Ooh. one of the best robot apocalypse books you've ever read. Is incredible. Well, I haven't read it, so that was an inaccurate Spielberg statement. Spielberg was backing it, but whatever. Fucking Spielberg. But. Anyway, oh, screwing us over. Well, now he's doing talking Ready about those Player things. One. Dream, dream, yeah. dream. Yes. And Ready Player One, I know. So here's my. I can't th- wait for. Can Ready we talk one. about it? Ready yes, Player let's one? talk about yes. it. Yes. How are they going to get the licensing for that book to be a, for that movie? <laughs> hey, they got it yeah. for Lego Movie. <sighs> I don't know, man. That's crazy. Well, because which studio is producing it? Do you know? Yeah, let's look that up. That's a good point. Ready Player One movie. Cause, but I mean, they're going to have to get some like super crazy, obscure Japanese things. Yeah. yeah. Toho's got to get involved. L- fucking Lucasfilm. Yeah. The, yeah, because it makes oh. a reference to everything. Star but Trek. I, you can, no, you can make references. You just can't use the characters. Because like in, in uh, Spider-Man, they make reference to Superman. They didn't pay DC Comics to say Superman. Yeah, but because they have to when, show the ships and stuff. I guess that's true. Like that's like Fuck. the no. end battle of Ready Player One is one of the greatest well, things I've ever read in my life. But they've used like they've used like the DeLorean and shit like that in other movies before. Yeah, but a DeLorean's a DeLorean, and it's like well, but the the Back to the Future DeLorean though with like the the so I guess that's same a good, mods. Well, okay, but does Mecha Godzilla count as a character? Because when that dude stepped out as Mechagodzilla at the end of Ready yeah. Player One, I lost my shit. <laughs> that was incredible. I'm trying to find. I can't find anything on on who's uh, producing. Or are they going to get like the rights to use Spider-Man's giant flying leopardon robot for the thing? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so sick. Anyway, I am very excited for Ready Player One. Oh, that I am too. Such an amazing. That book. book was awesome. I'm really glad that uh, that you reinforce my curiosity you know what i i'm gonna i'm gonna rescind all my previous sentiments i know i'm like mr like free association here tonight Mm. but if i something that i want to see put into a film film series Mm -hmm. like top of my list i can't believe i didn't think of this earlier is the dresden files oh yes didn't we bring i feel like we brought this up on our last episode we brought it up in the car because you we rachel and i were like Jason, read it. Jason, you have to read it. It's the best. Read it, 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 read it. It was after we saw Ultron. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's when... Okay, that's why I thought we did. Because yeah. we were telling you... Because yeah. it was adapted into a television show, and it was the worst. 
Oh, that was horrible. Tell our listening audience about the pre- uh, about the uh, the precedent. Pre- Dresden. Precedent. Premise. Jesus. Tits. <laughs> the Tell them the about the premise. God damn it. Um, Harry Dresden, uh, detective, also a wizard. And so it's like hard boiled. It's like hard boiled, like detective dude who's also happens to be a wizard. And there's this whole magic community, and there's an alternate like parallel fey realm, uh, and like all the gods exist in the world. And uh, God, it's just a, it's hilarious. He's totally got Peter Parker's personality, where he's a wisecracking ass. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, and, and, and the skull. And Bob the skull, Bob. who's like his uh, sort of like intellect. It's a, it's a s- intellect spirit that embodies a skull. And it's just, you know, he, he shows himself as two dancing lights in the eye sockets. Hmm. And uh, just a fantastic cast of characters that surround him. The story just... Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's 15 books in. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of the few series that I read that I'm like burning away, waiting for the next one. So mm. it would make an awesome, very fun, uh, probably extremely successful film series. That sounds like, I mean, yeah, based on, based on your description, it makes me want to watch it right now. Um, just really quick, the uh, the film adaptation is in the hands of Warner Brothers, who did do the Lego movie. Did so, it? I mean, in some way, shape, or form, they have some licenses. But here's the but the, but Lego movie had a loophole because they're using they're they're, they're using, using yeah, Lego Lego licensed characters. licensed characters, and that's and yeah, that could be a, a hurdle. But I mean, I can't imagine Warner Brothers getting their hold on Star Wars licensed things. I mean, maybe, well, because the thing is, like, they're not using the characters, really. They're just but using, they're using the ships, ships. I know. Which is almost like it's just free advertising for, for the movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but they're not going to make any money off of it. If they, if oh, they, sure they will. It'll, it'll bring more people, you know, like, like younger kids that know nothing about a fucking Millennium Falcon see it in this nobody movie. Nobody like, doesn't oh, know about cool. a Millennium Falcon. You're inaccurate <laughs> on that, actually, because if, if there's kids that, like, grew up on the fucking prequels and never watched the originals if which there's those kids, exist if, if there's people alive right now that don't they will come december <laughs> oh yes come december they will of course but i'm just saying like it is kind of advertising you know and and any advertising can be good even if they don't need it because obviously star wars doesn't need any other advertising well okay but, but by that same ships. logic why isn't the x-men and spider-man in marvel films because that's characters. That's it's actually using the free advertisement for this studio. No, it's not. Because like it would be <laughs> same logic. No, it's not. The, the same logic would be using like the the X Men Quinjet in the Marvel movies. That's the same logic. Like uh, yeah, I yeah. I mean, I see. I see your point. Absolutely. Because it's it's really just generating interest for a property, and and it it requires nothing of the other studio. Right. You know, no, I mean, my, my, my the, hope would be that they would be able to use every single thing from that book. Yeah. Because the, the reason that you can't with Marvel is, like, it, would, it takes away from what Sony is producing. Yeah. But having a Millennium Falcon in Ready Player One doesn't take anything away from yeah, Star it, Wars. It would still be trademarked, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, of course. And they would have to, in the credits, they would have to show, you know, uh, you know uh, 
per, you know special thing. But could you imagine that to, scene at the Lucas end when film. he shows up with all the like all the dudes? <laughs> And there's like every Star Wars ship, every Star Trek ship, oh, yeah. every Battlestar Galactica ship, yeah. every starship space thing ever. I mean, all, it's going to be a legal nightmare for sure. All in a giant cloud, and you can like pause the movie and like go through mm-hmm. and pick out all of them, like a oh, Death yeah. Star in the background and stuff. Oh, oh my god, it'll be a legal nightmare. But I feel like they can pull it off just because there's no characters. They're not, they're not following a story with any of those elements. That's they're just true. having them incorporated in their story. That's true. And so it doesn't take anything away from those properties. All it does is promote them. I hope so. I hope Spielberg's just like name gives enough cred credit yeah. to, to people just be like yeah give it to them let them yeah well they'll have to have a big budget for sure regardless of whether or not they have to pay for the rights or not which they probably will oh but my god that movie's gonna just be the best i i'm looking forward to it or all the old video games how do they get uh, they also have to get licensing for all the different old video games they're ref- Jeez, yeah. what a legal nightmare yeah you're that, right. yeah that will be a nightmare. <laughs> their legal team is probably like their legal team will deserve an oscar for that movie <laughs> Which they don't give to legal teams, but they can make a new award. Like, best legal work to make a movie happen goes to Ready Player One Because people. that thing has property, every property ever in it, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Anything from, yeah. like, 1960 to now. I, well, maybe, like, 1970 till now. The whole book's in the 80s. It's all 80s themed. Is it all 80s? Well, no, because, I mean... I guess they do reference some 1970s stuff, but it's pretty much 80s on. Because the whole thing about the dude was he was like Mr. 80s. Yeah, well, yeah, he was Mr. 80s, but I mean, like, they still had, and, and I'm blanking on a lot of stuff, but I feel like they still had, like, some 70s, because obviously Star Wars was in the 70s. Yeah. Um, you had... Leopardon from the Spider-Man shows in the 70s. Yeah. See, see, there's stuff. There's 70s stuff in there. Wasn't Voltron in that, too? Didn't they have Voltron in that book, too? I feel like they might have, but I don't I'm know. I'm pretty sure pretty they sure did. Voltron was in it. Oh, my Doesn't God. Doesn't it get confusing talking about Ultron and then Voltron? I just like, can't, like, I just, like, my, like my, my, my 10-year-old brain just, like, can't process, like, seeing... <laughs> Seeing Spider-Man's Leopardon and Voltron <laughs> fight Mechagodzilla with like X-wings flying around, it's like <laughs> can't handle it. Is, it. <laughs> I'll probably need some tissues in in the theater, both for my eyes and for other areas, because I'll be that's I'll be erupting fluids in the oh theater. Oh my it's god! Just I'm not going. Have you read you. it, Mitch? I haven't. You gotta when you're when you when you get back in some in doing some. God damn it, Mitch! Doing some driving. <laughs> We'll get you the audiobook because it's Fuck yeah, the audiobook's way good. Read by Will Wheaton. Okay. Will Wheaton. And, uh, oh, it's all read by Will Wheaton. He's, a, he's an awesome narrator. And it, he really and is. And yeah, he, he has obviously, a great you, voice. you can tell he cares about what he's reading. He, I know, you can tell he loves the book, so it's yeah, fun to read. Yeah, that's awesome. His, yeah, he, he emotes really well throughout yeah, the book. Yeah, he does, yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, Mitch, you've been a little quiet. What is there? Is there a topic you'd like to, to broach before we, uh, before we send this baby off to the moon? Uh, I got a new tattoo. You got a new tattoo? Tattoo of the week was Groot, so I will Groot. tweet it out and put it on my Facebook. What's a Groot? I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, there's this movie called Guardians of the Galaxy. Sounds dumb. It's got a talking tree and a raccoon, you know. What a bunch of It's a little weird, but, you know, it's <laughs> all It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. It's got the fat guy from Parks and Rec in it. Yeah. He's not fat anymore. What? Yeah, he's dreamy. Oh. <laughs> he is dreamy. This is news to me. <laughs> he was even dreamy when he was fat. So <laughs> That's true. He, he pulled but off he being fat He wasn't that well. fat. I mean, he was there was a time where he was chubby. fat, dude. He was, he was up to 275 at one point. 
is what he said. Wow. That's crazy. Dude, 275 wow. compared to where he is now? 275 of pure fat? Like, wow. compared to little Chris Pratt, that's like probably 210 maybe. I mean, and a lot of that's muscle. Like, if he, was, if he just like lost weight and didn't have muscle, he'd probably be 180. <laughs> it's crazy. He would look weird. He would look weird as like a scrawny guy. Yeah. Can't picture him as a scrawny guy. I can't either. He's got to keep his Han Solo look going, I guess. His Indiana Jones look. His Han Solo look. All right, I got I got two more uh, I got two more things that we need to we need okay. to put into. We just keep dropping them. I mean, why not, right? Guys? <laughs> um, no, one character uh, to actually finally bring superheroes back in uh, mm-hmm. that I want to see in a film is Beta Ray Bill. Yes. Oh yes. I think that would be the fucking coolest. To see, maybe we'll get that in Ragnarok. Like, oh, I hope so, man. With the big horse head and look all yeah. bad. Man, I'm gonna oh, need some dude. tissues if that happened. Bill, <laughs> man, that'd be so cool. Um, but uh, a comic series, a Marvel series that I think would make an excellent addition would be Runaways. Yes, I would love well, to see Runaways. Brian K. Vaughn has said before that uh, that it's been optioned. I think three times now. Oh wow, for a series, but it just hasn't hasn't gotten done each time um and so it's it's he's he's said it's been tough to like get it actually done and and maybe dude maybe with the inhumans uh following like the so the inhumans are sort of capping off uh phase three now they're going after infinity war part two maybe in the next phase having the inhumans is kind of a bridge to like this whole other you know like bigger world of super powered people yeah, maybe that would be the good time to introduce them. Face you know what? I'd like to see Night Stalkers too. Um, Blade, Morpheus, and yes. uh, what's his name? The other, like, God, there's a third member of the team. I can't remember his name. Uh, the whole like listener base is screaming at me right now. <laughs> it's all right. Um, but like seeing that, that would be great. Getting like uh, Basilisk as a as a as an enemy. Hell yeah! So cool. That would be sick. Anyway, I. So I, I went off on a tangent and forgot to bring it back in. But when I asked about John Wick, oh yeah, the reason I asked about that is there was a rumor floating around. Someone want to spoil it before he says it? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there was a rumor floating around uh, a few months ago that the director or directors, it might have been directors, maybe the writers. Anyway, someone, one of the creative people behind John Wick was being eyed for a Red Hood movie. Red Hood, if you, people don't know, no, I'm not talking about the Joker origin Red Hood. I'm talking about Jason Todd being resurrected from the dead and coming back to take vengeance on Batman Red Hood. Um, and then going and just killing criminals after that. Well, I guess kind of both simultaneously. Anyway, um, but having a John Wick-style shoot 'em up action revenge story with, with Jason Todd as the main person just coming back to Gotham City and like taking down all the drug dealers and arms dealers and, and at the same time showing Batman or like trying to prove to Batman that he does a better job than Batman ever did because he, he actually solves the problem by just wiping out the criminals and, and like just the whole, I guess, theology between like do we, you know, do we reco- try to recover and... and re- rehab these these criminals or do we just wipe them off and and cut them off like that and just like the whole story behind that and then kind of the the crazed part of it where he's he's brought back in a lazarus pit from raz al ghul and so he doesn't really have a sanity there like i don't know just the whole story would be fucking awesome and i'm just picturing like awesome motorcycle chase scenes where he's shooting at people and he's got his fucking red helmet that's just cool in general and and all the 
like the serrated knife fights because he's big on his serrated knives and like because like you know when you watch winter soldier those bucky knife fight scenes where he's like tossing it around all over the place yeah. and like doing all that it's fucking awesome like knife fighting awesome. is sweet in a movie <laughs> and i just want to see more of that especially when it's combined with leather jackets and motorcycles and helmets yeah. i'm on board fucking, with that right yeah, I'd, I'd watch that i would too i would watch it many times Many, many times, just like John Wick, because John Wick's awesome, and you all suck for not seeing it. Uh, you know what else would be super cool? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, my You're brain's good, like suddenly started to work. Um, something that, that I really hope Marvel dumps in. Mm. Scrolls. Yes! <laughs> Please. I want to see Scrolls. I would invade. love to see Scrolls. Now, okay, so here's, here's the thing. The... James Gunn was talking the other day um, in an interview and revealed that Marvel doesn't own the rights to Kang the Conqueror or the Shi'ar Empire. Well, the Shi'ar wouldn't; those are Fox, right? Because they're X Men. Fox, exactly. And so, but like, I'm wondering. But who's like, Kang? Fantastic Four. He's yeah, Fantastic Four. So would the scrolls be Fantastic Four? Just due to the fact that there's a Super Scroll, and that's what I don't know. Because I hope they don't put scrolls in a Fantastic Four movie. I uh, I mean I'm I'm kind of fine with it because like they're you know exploring space and stuff like that but like since there is already the Kree exactly in the MCU but so and th- and that's kind of like what's making me think maybe Marvel doesn't have the rights is that in the MCU I just looked it up Marvel who's, doesn't who's have got the rights scrolls, to the, the scrolls. scrolls damn damn it because because yeah in, <laughs> it's well, Fox because of the Fantastic damn it War. they're setting up the Zandarians I think as the scrolls because you can see in in Guardians of the Galaxy Ronan hates the Zandarians which normally would be like the scrolls because right. I mean, he's a he's a Cree he would naturally hate I them. know man I mean that like just the the imagery that they would make like having oh, like, yeah. like like fly in on a planet and like zoom over and just this giant Cree scroll war going on. Oh, oh that'd yeah. be so cool. I know. I'd love to see Kate. Did you guys read Annihilation? The the other crossover that happened while while freaking Civil War was going on. Yeah. I only read the Ronin ones. Yeah, Annihilation, I was oh. at that when I read Annihilation, I was not super crazy about the cosmic side of the Marvel universe. Really? But you yeah. read that. Like, well, so are you talking before or after? What? Like, like, are you saying while you were reading it, you weren't super excited or like before you? Yeah, read it, you no, I, so I got, I, I, I never, I've, I have never really been into the cosmic side of the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I started reading and like, so I started reading in 89, 88, and then it's only been within the last like five years that I've started really kind of going back and digging more into the cosmic universe, which is. Mm-hmm. Which is cool to me, but what holds my heart to Marvel is just the Earthbound stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, so. Annihilation, dude, I, I just, I really enjoyed Annihilation. That was my first real introduction to the Marvel Cosmic. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was, I don't know, I just, the entire thing is, like, it was the first time I'd ever seen, like, Guardians of the Galaxy and Nova and, like, I, I fucking everyone like the all the different aliens that were involved in silver surfer and, and ronan the fucking accuser like so like it was it was awesome i loved that crossover and like if in a perfect world where they share the rights to everything i would love to see an annihilation movie with like the guardians and the fantastic four or yeah. something you know did you ever watch the 98 or 99 silver surfer animated series I did. I did not. It's super it's good. It's really good. It's super good. Really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that existed, surprisingly. Yeah. Which is re- like... It's great. Really? Yeah. 
Damn, I'm looking that up. No, it's it's surprisingly good. Yeah, because oh. I, I so it was right at the tail end when when Marvel and Avi Arad were doing all the animated stuff. Yeah, yeah, and um, that like the, the the Iron Man one was not a huge success. No, and the Fantastic Four one was not a huge success. Oh. But in and amongst that, there's one season of a Silver Surfer animated series, and it's gold. Hmm. It is great. I'm gonna download that. Speaking it's, of random, Kate okay, Marvel. This is what I hate about Marvel. Because of their rights debacles, they've had awesome cartoons that have gotten canceled prematurely. You know what drove me crazy is the Avengers Assemble cartoon was excellent. And then that they, they did that. They canceled it and rebooted it as like... Oh, yeah. The oh, reboot no. was awful. Was, no, the reboot was Avengers it's Assemble. It's reversed, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Avengers, Avengers Earth's Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Heroes yeah. and Avengers Assemble. And Earth's Mightiest Heroes was Awesome. Yeah. I'm actually kind of the opposite. I, I actually like Assemble a little more than no, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. No, not even. Uh-uh. It's just me. That's like that's like dumbed down for kids. Mightiest Heroes was the awesome. Li- I feel like the storylines though were a little better because like I got no. kind of bored in the first one. Oh my god, they have the what they they have a full on scroll invasion. They replaced- I guess I didn't watch super far into it. I only watched like two episodes. That you can't. <laughs> no, dude. Like at the end, they like. Cap gets replaced by a scroll. That That's was like awesome. the season finale. Spo- like, like spoiler alert. Spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> but then the second season was super good too, and Galactus comes at the end, and it's just I like me some Galactus. Awesome. And then they started the assemble thing, and it was like it's like Falcon's got mom problems, and I was like, oh god, like, yeah, this is bad. dumb. Well, did you see? Did you guys ever see? It was like in the late two thousands. They made a Fantastic Four cartoon. They got canceled after one season. Yeah, I watched yeah, that. That was good. I, I loved that, that one. Yeah, that that was I loved sick. that. Yeah. That was really good. And then same with like Spectacular Spider-Man was fucking fantastic and then got canceled prematurely yeah, because of the rights. Yeah. Then it went to Ultimate Spider-Man, which Ultimate Spider-Man is still good, but Spectacular was so awesome. I love Ultimate Spider-Man. Ultimate Spider-Man is fun, but it's like... It's for kids. It's, it's, it is. Yeah, it's a lot like, yeah. it's a lot like it's Avengers Assemble where it is a little kitty. And that's what I liked so much. I mean, that's why... The old X Men and Spider Man cartoons are dear mm-hmm. to me because they were they took it seriously they and they did. and they and they made really well, great so things because we had at the same time we had the spectacular Spider Man and then Wolverine and the X Men both going on and both canceled prematurely and at Wolverine the same and the X Men was pretty good it was awesome yeah. I loved Wolverine and the X Men yeah fucking it starts off with Professor X dying that right there is like it's it's sort of not a game changer necessarily but it shows like they're kind of basing this off of like the Grant Morrison Joss Whedon stuff you know and like putting Wolverine in this weird different role that he hasn't been in before and then like the the mutant registration like the sentinels like oh so good <laughs> yeah i think the, i think what they should do is they should on blu-ray is they should uh they should tie in animated series with the rest of the cinematic universe mm, i don't like having that that chain cuz then it it limits what they can do but it also but it also gives them an opportunity to enrich the entire world yeah, but then the problem is, like, you have a Captain America movie where it's like, oh, I have to reference that I already fought this guy before. Because with cartoons, they're so episodic that, like, over the course of a season, you well, end no, up I'm fighting so, I guess ten I, different I villains. I guess I mean, like, like, using the rest of the whatever they have to fill out the rest of the world. So have a show with Spider-Woman and... You know, kind of other, like what they're doing with Shield in a way, right? Like a, well, take a bunch of the other B lister characters and flesh out the world more. It would be cool. The problem is that it's always a problem, Jason. Well, there is because 
it's it's about the cross pollination where kids will, and that's that's kind of why they they rebranded the Avengers to the Avengers Assemble. It's always a problem. But they they want the cross pollination of you know parents will take these kids to see these movies, right. and then they see those same characters in the cartoons, like how they're having a Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon coming up. Which actually, I watched. They have like a little that you can watch like a little clip of maybe like five minutes of it. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty good. Yeah. Well, I like that they have a shared cartoon universe and then a shared cinematic universe. I'm into that. As it's fun. If they could make it, if they could make an animated universe that was. A little bit more serious and light, but still lighthearted. Let me tell you where you can go for that. Early two thousands and late nineties DC. Yeah, I did watch. So good. I did watch. Um, what was the Justice League? There's two there's, Justice. Yeah, there's Leagues. Justice League, which uh, has two seasons, and then Justice League Unlimited, which also has two seasons. I watched one of those two, and I, I just my, my problem still stands, man. I, I'm not opposed to DC. But I just do not have the patience to learn an entire new universe, dude. You don't like. You don't have to. You can just if you watch Justice League, like, and you might have. Did you when you started? Was it like Green Arrow and Supergirl? Yeah. And, okay, that's Justice League Unlimited. That's your problem. Start with regular Justice okay. League. You'll be on board. Okay. Um, but then Batman the Animated Series, like, and that was the thing. Batman well, the Animated we're not, Series. We're not going to touch it. that because that is on a throne of its own. Fuck yes, it is. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's the thing is it's the same universe as the Justice League cartoons, which is the same universe as Batman Beyond. Oh, that's cool. The DC animated universe, like they they kept the continuity. They referred back to them. That's a good idea. Um. Oh, and then I I just recently watched this movie again and I forgot how fucking great and bone chilling it was. Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker, one of the absolute best cartoon movies i've ever seen in my life like it's it's legitimately frightening at parts like it's it's so joker it's so like and you've got like this you know old ass batman and like the the you know terry mcginnis is taking over as batman beyond but then the joker coming back and oh what was the what was was it was it there was an animated movie that had the flash in it yeah, that was so. There were there were three. Well, actually, there's been quite a few at this point. Uh, anim, DC animated movies because they release two every year. DC animated. Yeah, but movies. which is the? I know that's like which one has the Flash in it. But yeah. there's one I watched that had the Flash in it, and I really liked it. I want to say it was a Green Lantern um, thing, but maybe it wasn't. Well, there was the Flashpoint paradox that was really really uh, recent, like two or three years ago. No, this would have been about five years ago. Five years ago. Um, let's see. There was Justice League New Frontier. What was the what did the animation style look like? It looked Was it like more comic booky, like uh, slightly realistic? Was it more cartoony, art deco style maybe or I was, feel like it was art deco or more more art deco and I like I got into it's it like because retro. I thought the animation was cool cuz it looked a little more retro. Yeah. It's probably New Frontier then, which is based just, on the Darwin Cook. It's I just way can't good. remember. Yeah, I, I've got the entire library on my hard drive, so we could go through and look at them and see which one looks the most similar. Because the nice thing is with the newest ones, they've got a very diverse animation style with each one of them, and they a lot of times are adapting from a comic book, so they keep the same art style as the comic book did. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, there have been there have been I think at this point sixteen or seventeen DC animated movies, um, which probably I think six or seven of those are Justice League ones, and then the others are like Batman, Superman, and stuff like that. When are they going to make an Alan Moore Swamp Thing proper? Oh, that'd be so good. I wish. I think I think it'll require Guillermo del Toro. Sneak a little Constantine in there. They, yes. I mean, Guillermo oh del Toro God. is developing a, a DC Dark Universe, which will be like Constantine, Dead Man, Swamp Thing. I'm into um, that. Yeah, he's been in development on that for a while, so and is they that haven't a, announced a date. Is there a run? Is there a Dark Universe run? 
This is the thing. So <laughs> here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. <laughs> they were never quite necessarily put together until the new 52. When they did put them together in the new 52, they put it in the hands of people who really didn't understand what they were writing. So there's not like, I can't just like, because that, all of that dark universe stuff sounds mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's something I would actively want to read. So there is, and, and this is the other great part about the new, they call it the DCU, like DCYOU is the new continuity. Okay, that's Get super it? dumb. Ha-ha, DCU. Yeah, I, I got it. Ha-ha, uh, ha-ha, ha-ha. Uh, but uh, dumb title aside, the new DC continuity looks fucking awesome, and there is a new book coming out t- called Dark Universe that looks like they're actually going to put it in the hands of someone proper. So hey, you cool. actually will be able to follow along with the new one. And hey, free sneak peek is out right now. I think at least there were like three or four titles that didn't get a sneak peek. Sponsored by DC Universe Sneak Peek. Yeah. Um, they're free. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck's it, you know? Uh, it doesn't, like, seriously, for anyone who's a DC hater, just give a few of the sneak peeks a try because I'm sick and tired of hearing this DC hate, especially because this will be nothing like what people have complained about for, for the last three, four years. Jason, Jason, why are DC haters so much more uh, like like the world's biggest haters? I don't know, man. I really don't. I've been trying to figure it out. And like, and why do DC fanboys hate on everything so much? I don't. I, I honestly, I hate D, like. I can't their decide. Fanboys may be their biggest haters. Uh, they really are sometimes because the people who are super attached to like that that like '90s DC, which was really the only good comic books in the '90s. Well, there were a few good ones, but like. And Marvel was not great through the 90s. No, Marvel sucked in the 90s, and that's when DC shined. And it did have... I mean, Marvel had some hidden misses, like some like hidden gems. Yeah. But you're right, like it the, was roughly yeah. pretty bad in the 90s. And so... And that's when DC really did shine, and so people got super attached to things like Wally West and, and Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern, and the Grant Morrison Justice League and things like that. And, like, I think that's the problem, is, like, DC's, DC's bit largest fan base was all around the same age, and had the same attachments to a lot of these characters. And so then when you had some people who grew up during a different time, like before, like Jeff Johns has a very, very Silver Age attachment to him rather than a Bronze Age attachment. And so he started resurrecting, you know, Hal Jordan and resurrecting Barry Allen and kind of bringing things more to a Silver Age field. People started to have a problem. Hmm. And so I think it's just that DC's fan base is very, like, very close in age. You know, it's a very narrow gap of age. It's a... To, you know, a lot of people and hyper attached to what they want to exactly. hold on to. Yeah, I guess. yeah, and so I think that's why. But like, I it bugs me so bad because they just can't be satisfied ever with anything. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that's and that uh, I think that it's also unhealthy for the for the whole sort yeah. of like I don't I don't know the right word, but you you have something that. I mean, part, it, it, how do I say? It? it limits what DC is even capable of. Exactly. Because if they feel like they can only cater to this elite group of like uber nerds well, who loved DC in the '90s, you're screwed. And the thing is, like financially, the New Fifty Two was successful because like they brought on a ton of new readers. Like, in all honesty, the New Fifty Two is in large part responsible for an entirely new readership in comic books over the last four years. Because I know just off the top of my head, at least 10 people who didn't read a single comic book before picking up a new 52 title that I recommended. And they, they find it super easy because it's like volume one, volume two, volume three, you know, like super cohesive, easy Mm -hmm. to read. And yeah, a lot of it wasn't super enjoyable, but a lot of it was really fucking good. Like, like Batman or, or a lot of the green arrow stuff. Like, and so it accomplished that where it brought on new readers, but the hard part is they, they managed to also alienate the old readers at the same time. Yeah. 
And I think that's what they're trying to do with this new DCU is sort of find the happy medium where like they've got the stuff that a lot of people will enjoy and keep following along from from the new 52, but then mm-hmm. kind of bring back some of the feel of the other stuff that they had before. Sure. And then be a little more progressive with, you know, going forward, making these weird Scott Pilgrimy type titles and like the new Batgirl that they had with the awesome costume redesign and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, that's so I, I mean, that does make me sort of cautious and excited about the Marvel doing the whole the, the sort of Secret Wars, yeah, Secret Wars reboot thing. And because I would like to see, you know, give it a fresh yeah. chance, see something new. On the other hand, Fuck man, I've spent the past twenty years <laughs> invested in this universe, and yeah. I don't want to see it just like gone. Well, and so I think it was G. Willow Wilson who was talking about it. Um, she and and I, I could be getting the wrong writer, but one of the Marvel writers was talking about it's not going to be as much of a reboot as people are anticipating, more of a relaunch, kind of like what DC is doing. But they are, they did that with Marvel now, and it wasn't like a horrible thing. Yeah, no, and and I don't like. I think people are anticipating much worse than it'll uh, be. Okay, because I thought Marvel Now worked well. I loved Marvel Now. Yeah, it 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 brought everything a little bit more cohesive, and mm-hmm. it was a good launching point. And if you, there were definitely stuff in there that, like, if you knew backstories, you just had a better uh, appreciation of what they were doing. Exactly. But you really didn't need it. Oh no, not at all. Because yeah. I I didn't grow up reading Marvel. I read DC for probably five or six years at least before I even picked up my first Marvel book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even then it was, you know, probably 80% DC and 20% Marvel and reading Marvel now, like black widow. I knew nothing about black widow before I picked up a black widow. Well, I, a little bit, but you know, just what I had gleaned off of other titles knew nothing about her before picking up, uh, the title knew nothing about she Hulk before picking up Charles souls. She Hulk, same with Hawkeye before I picked up Matt fractions. Like, uh-huh. It accomplished all that. Like it yeah. introduces people to these characters, totally, and it embraced the miniseries. And I think that's what what they got away from in the two thousands. That I think they're bringing back now, both DC and Marvel, is the miniseries, the opportunity to tell a story, not worry about continuity, not worry about keeping it going. Just hey, I've got twelve issues. Yeah, I'm going to tell a story. You know, like yeah, like awesome. I like they just uh, unlimited just Marvel unlimited just had the last issue of uh, Superior Foes. Yeah, and like. What a great little run. They closed it up nicely. It was fun the whole way through. Yeah. More of that, you know? I mean, that's, that's, that's to me, was where you really felt somebody was shining in what they were doing yeah. versus, like, drudging through the, like, 40th year of Fantastic Four and just, like, yep. phoning it in. Oh, exactly. Well, and that's, and that's the, that was the, the best things in Marvel now were, kind of, were the new and fresh things. Hawkeye was originally intended to be a 12-issue series, you know? They didn't anticipate it actually catching on and people really liking it and keeping it going. Yeah. Same with She-Hulk. It was intended and was a 12-issue series. Uh, All-new Ghost Rider, 12-issue series. Black yeah. Widow, 12 yeah. issues. Like, but it introduced all this new stuff with super different art in each one of these books. Yep. You know, super like different storytelling, uh, even the new Punisher. Oh, man, and the like, Captain Marvel from Marvel now? Hell yeah. Incre- the art in that it would blew me away. Yeah. Well, that was the same thing. That was originally intended to be a miniseries, a 12-issue. Yeah. Because yeah. um, that's kind of what they were doing. It was, it was like, though. Then they, it got started over again. Yeah, and then they rebooted it, yeah, yeah. with the Marvel Now.Now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which was dumb. Like, I you have Marvel I'm, Now, and then you have Marvel Now Now. I'm ready for Marvel Now.Now.Now. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm glad that both of them are kind of restarting their continuity or, or at least relaunching their no, continuity I'm, at the same I'm, time. You know what? I'm in favor of it. I, I mean, because I, w- I, I'm, I wouldn't mind reading more DC stuff, but a big thing for me with DC stuff, too, has just been like I haven't felt any huge attachment to the characters. Yeah. And I think that might 
it might be nice to be able to start a little bit more fresh so I can get a sense of character. Oh, exactly. And that's, that's the entire purpose is like, you know, here's a jumping on point. Here's, here's kind of a change of pace for all of our books. Like, and seriously, read the sneak peeks. They're free and they're fucking awesome. And like, you can read each one of these takes less than five minutes to read. Yeah. It's easy. You can, you can go take a shit and read one of these sneak peeks. In fact, I read two while pooping the other day. But anyway. Great. Was that the same day as the pizza? That was not the same. No, I would have read like 20 of them the same day as I ate that pizza. Jesus. Uh, but no, the sneak peeks are awesome, and they're, they're super different. They're super, like, they give you a great peek at who the character is so you can find out what you like, what you don't like, and, and whatever, and maybe find something that you'll keep reading. But who knows? Just at least, like, especially for the people who, who have negative things to say about DC, just read a few of the sneak peeks before you go spouting off with all your hate speak. DC sucks. Fuck you. Download Comixology and fucking read sneak peeks, Mitch you bastard. Mitch to read the sneak peeks. Yeah. I'll think about it. <laughs> I'm taking a dump. <laughs> well, read the DC sneak peeks is my closing message. What else do you folks have to say to, uh, to send this off into the ocean? I have a motivational dreams. message. Do it. Be bold. Do it the ordinary fear. Yeah, like reading DC sneak peeks. Be bold, Mitch. Lame. Be, be, be brave and bold. Like DC, because the brave and the bold. Good pull. I, I'm Lame. surprised Matt threw that reference out. I'm not unaware of DC. <laughs> <laughs> he reads stuff, too. He reads stuff. I read things. All right. Thanks, you all, for listening. Uh, follow us on Facebook.com slash that, uh, or Facebook.com slash Savage Land Podcast, or slash that might be cool. Uh, also, follow us on Twitter at Savage Land Pod. Um, and we also have an Instagram that we don't use, Savage Land Podcast. So if we decide to use it, you'll know. And uh, Civil War. Civil War. If Next week. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I think if anyone wants stuff specifically discussed, or if anyone wants to drop some pointers in that, that we could, that, that would maybe, you know, alternate viewpoints or ideas, and if you want to drop them on our Facebook page, uh, I'd love that. I, yeah. I would love to see what you know. We will. Read. I'd like listener. I mean, listener feedback in general would be great. But it'd be really cool, if, you know, especially if we're doing these monthly comic reviews that uh, people chime in, give and give us your two cents because I think that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Tweet us, uh, send us Facebook comments. We'll we'll read them on the show and and give you our 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 opinion on your opinion or our feedback on your opinion or our opinion on your feedback. I will give you your opinion on your opinion. Yes, and my view us on iTunes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and leave us ratings. Ratings are seriously awesome. They help other people find the show because without ratings, nobody will ever find it because it'll be lost in a deep pile of other things. So let people find us. 10-4. All right. Have yourselves a lovely morning, afternoon, evening, or night.